You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and you are listening to Protection Magic. So this is a pretty highly requested topic, and I'm going to start with housekeeping and disclaimers. So first disclaimer is I have covered protections in previous episodes. There was one, I think way back in season one, where we did um, like health, safety, and protection and witchcraft. It was called something like that towards the end of the season. And it's just been scattered in various episodes throughout that. So if you've listened to every episode up until now, you probably know most of the information that I'm going to cover today. But still, a lot of people wanted just protections covered in a single episode. So that is what we are tackling today. As far as housekeeping, I just wanted to mention that I already put up the survey. So at the end of every year, I do a survey for the next year. So you can give me feedback and let me know what you want to hear about in the next upcoming season. So in 2023, and that includes any topic ideas that you want to hear about any guests that you want to hear from, if there are some other witches that you follow, like their podcast, Instagram, something you want to hear them on an episode, let me know. Or if you yourself want to appear on an episode, there is a place to leave your contact information. But otherwise, the survey is completely anonymous. So I posted that to Instagram earlier this week, and I know some people have already answered and given me some good ideas. But if you have not answered that yet that is linked on Instagram and I will also have it linked in the show notes. There is also a survey up already as well for Patreon. So if you are a patron, there is also a place for you to tell me what you want to see in the next year, which I know it is November. So we still have over a month and a half until 2023, but it is just easier to have it up early, give people time to get all of their answers in and to start planning for the next year. And the other housekeeping thing is to let you know that there is a lot about protection magic over on Patreon already. There is some stuff on my YouTube channel. I haven't updated that in a while, but I plan on doing it. (laughs) And Patreon has a lot of protections. We cover that already. So if you want to see some particular ideas and some things that I do, both more complicated and easy daily things, that are personal to my practice, that is already up on Patreon. So I think that is all the housekeeping things that I wanted to start with. So let's get into then some disclaimers when it comes to protection magic. And I have mentioned these disclaimers in previous episodes, but protection magic is considered defensive magic. And it is absolutely important, recommended for everybody, one of those skills that every witch has to have. But in some, you know, formal settings where you're taught witchcraft from, you know, beginning to end in a lot of Wiccan settings, it's a year and a day, and you have a coven teaching you things, they start with protection magic as it being like the be all end all most important thing that you can learn. And you absolutely have to start with that. And I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I do think it's incredibly important and the more you get into your craft, the more you have to do regular protections and learn about them and learn how to keep them going. When you are first starting out, I just don't think it's the most important thing because I don't think that things and people attacking you is as common as 
some of the doomsday witches would like you to believe. So that is something that people are worried about when it comes specifically to protection magic and something that they ask me about is when they start, you know, working with things that, you know, other witches are going to curse them. Like it's very difficult to curse somebody. It requires a lot of effort and energy and especially to keep that curse going that requires effort and energy. And unless you have really pissed off somebody that you know is a fellow witch, it's it's just highly unlikely that something like that is coming your way. There's a lot of mundane reasons for things going wrong in your life. So I think that's an important thing to keep in mind that not everything is out to get you and the, the world isn't as horrible <laughs> as uh, people would sometimes like you to believe. So absolutely protection is important, but I have mentioned before that it's not the place that I start with brand new witches, especially ones that are just learning the craft and just getting into it because it's not the most fun thing to do. So for brand new witches, you want to, you know, keep them in and keep them learning and interested and starting with protections is just not as fun as some of the other things that you can do. So that is the first disclaimer. And the second disclaimer is to just remind you, I think everybody knows this, but protection magic does not make you invincible. We're going to get into all of the different things that it can protect against. Like it can protect you from people who are actually sick. Maybe you are a nurse or a doctor and you are around sick people. It can help protect. It can also help protect against spirits if you're doing spirit work um, and there's some negative influences. It can protect against energy vampires. So if you have somebody in your life that they don't even have to be a witch, but just their, their personality kind of just sucks the life out of you, there are ways to protect against that. However, it doesn't make you invincible. So you can't do protection magic and then go jump off a three-story building with no parachute and pretend that you're going to be fine. That's not how it works. <laughs> it does not make you invincible. It also can help against those things that I mentioned. But again, the best practice is avoidance. It, the more you avoid, actively avoid people who are sick, actively avoid people who are energy vampires, the better off you're going to be and not need all of this protection magic. So there's only so much that it can do and only so far that it can go. If you continually expose yourself to these things, that is a bigger risk that you are taking and you can't expect magic to step in and protect you from all of those things. But it is for the times where you can't avoid that. Maybe your child is sick. You have to take care of them. You have to be around them. Maybe the person who is an energy vampire is someone in your extended family. You are coming into the season where you're going to have to see them at Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's likely going to come up. And protection magic is a great way to help you deal with those people. But again, it's very important to also keep in mind the mundane practices of staying safe and if you're going to be around sick people, don't just rely on protection magic, rely on things like washing your hands regularly and wearing a mask and keeping your own health up by eating healthy. All of those things are important as well. But I think you're all smart enough to know that because we have gone over mundane practices numerous times in this podcast. What is protection magic then and why do we need it? It's actually a pretty simple concept and it is just like it sounds. It protects your magic and energy from other people and anything else. It can also be used to protect items, to protect other people, 
to protect your home, a lot of different ways that you can use that. Historically, it's always been a really important part of folk magic because you have to remember that, you know, witches often came about because there wasn't a lot of help for people who sort of practiced folk magic. They needed themselves or a witch to be able to protect them from certain things. There weren't, not every town had a great doctor to fix these illnesses. They didn't have the resources to fix things on their farms when things went wrong. A lot of times in certain communities, poorer communities, there was a bias against them from bigger cities, from sheriffs, police officers, the law was often not on their side. So protection magic was very important to protect themselves, their property, their families. Some would do this themselves and some would seek out witches for that exact purpose. And nowadays it's just as important to protect your own magic and energy. Like I said before, I don't think it's the be all end all. You know, I don't think that things are coming to attack you now that you are a witch, but it is more common to need protections when you do practice witchcraft because you are working now with energy. You are focusing on it, you are putting things out into the world and that just attracts other energy. When you start tapping into your own energy and your own magic, it's sort of like cleaning off a dirty window. Now you can see out, but things can also see in. So once you start gathering that magic, that energy, other things are attracted to it. So that could be the energy of other people that could be good or bad. Uh, there could be people that are attracted to your energy. Now that you are doing things for yourself, you might be moving in a more positive direction by using your magic to help yourself. And there could be things that are attracted to that. They want some of your positive energy and like attracts like. So they want to be near you, which can sometimes be a good thing, but sometimes there are negative things that want to now feed off of that energy. There are a lot of spirits, energetic beings out there who like energy. That's often what we trade when we are asking a spirit or magical being for help. We are often exchanging energy in return. That's something that they are attracted to because that's something they can use. So once you start working on witchcraft in the magical realm, you are automatically putting out more energy and tapping into that. So things happen to take notice. That's why in a, a lot of traditions, casting a circle is important because once you cast that circle, you are in that protected bubble while you are working your spell work and putting that energy out into the world. So nothing can get in through that bubble. That's the point of circle casting. Whole episode on that. But casting a circle is definitely not the only way that you can protect yourself. And obviously it's only effective while that circle is still up. So you usually take the circle down when your spell work is complete. But that means that during the rest of the day, you are sort of unprotected. Like I said, there are a lot of different ways then that you can continue to protect yourself and your family, your home, your personal belongings, all of those things. At the broadest level, there are generally considered three types of protection magic. The first is the simple protection spells where you're shielding yourself. And then there's what's called warding, W-A-R-D-I-N-G. And that is where you are protecting your home. And then the last is banishing spells. And unlike protections, 
and wards, banishing is not something that runs in the background like the other two. It's a very purposeful um, type of spell that you put your energy and intention into. And it's very specific. So I think that I'm going to cover banishings and maybe bindings in another episode if that is something that is of interest to people. And banishing is just when you're specifically getting rid of something that's like maybe a negative energy, a negative spirit followed you home or just a spirit you don't want in your house in general and the other things didn't work so you need to banish that specifically. So I think I might cover that in another episode, but that is considered a form of protection and defensive magic. But today I'm just going to go over the other two. So the first one you talk about protections is mostly what everybody thinks of, and that is the simple protection spells where you are shielding yourself. They are simple and they absolutely can be from the very most basic to actual protection rituals, but they're still powerful. But because they are simple, it is something that you can and should be doing on a regular basis. And how regular depends on a couple of factors, but how much energy and time you have to do it, and also how much you actually think that you need it in your life. So as someone who works outside of the home, comes into contact with a lot of other people, you know, driving, working in an office, maybe you work with kids, that is a time where you're going to want to do protections daily. If you work from home, don't come in contact with too many other people and outside influences, and generally keep your practice to yourself, that might be a time where you don't have to do something specific every single day, and you can keep, you know, general uh, protections running in the background that you don't have to check in on as often. If you, like me, share your practice online, that is a good idea to have a lot of protections up because that is a way that people can sort of target you. I, I find it, you know, odd that somebody would find your Instagram or podcast or something and specifically have such an issue with you that they're going to target you. It's not unheard of, um, but it just takes so much effort and energy that it's just not really worth it. Uh, but it is still a good idea because things can come across unintentionally. Somebody might see what you are sharing on your pictures, whether that is your altar or talking about your relationship with deities, and they might just be envious of that. And that can come across as sending negative energy your way. So if you do share your practice more, then it is also a good idea to regularly do protections and check in with them. But the plus side of regularly doing a simple protection, doing something daily, is because when you repeat the same or very similar spells for protection on you know, a, a daily, weekly, monthly basis, the energy that you're pouring into that will compound as you do it every single day. And if something's not attacking you and not draining that protection, then it just keeps on working, keeps on working. So even though the spell itself might seem very simple, it has a much stronger effect and much stronger power because it is so layered. Now, what these actually look like is going to completely depend on you, your circumstances. Maybe you are part of a specific tradition or religion. They all have their different ideas of protections. And there are so many in folk magic across the board that you could tap into. The very basic is to form a shield around yourself. That is usually what people start with because it doesn't require 
any sort of tools or anything. All you need is yourself and your energy. And it is a great practice for beginners to learn how to meditate and visualize and project your energy a little bit outwards in order to form a shield around yourself. I talked about that in previous episodes, sort of like circle casting, but also in the grounding and centering and manipulating energy episode where you visualize your own energy someplace in the core of your body and you visualize it spreading out uh, through your limbs and then push it a little bit away from your body so it creates the shield around you. And that is something that comes with practice. So again, if you can spend a couple of minutes on that each morning, trying to visualize that, set that up and have that shield going throughout the day, that is going to be really helpful for you in your practice and just helping you to grow and learn how to manipulate that energy. If that is something that you struggle with, I will have resources linked in the show notes. So that's at whichwednesdays.com and that is over on Patreon. And the number one book that I recommend for that is called Psychic Witch by Matt Oren. And it has a lot of great information in there, but it also is a book made up almost entirely of exercises, of energy sensing and directing exercises. So you don't need anything but yourself. And it is really, really helpful for beginners to use that book to walk through each of those exercises will absolutely help you if this is an area that you struggle in. So that would be the very basic, most simple, you don't need anything. Another simple one is just using spoken words uh, for people who struggle with the visualization part of that, sometimes speaking the words out loud of how you would like yourself to be protected, what you are trying to protect from, um, whether that is spirits, whether that's just negative people, maybe you drive each day for work and you encounter road rage, that happens all the time, and you just want to shield yourself from that negative energy, then that is something that you can speak out loud in the morning. You don't need anything to do that. You just visualize how you want to be protected and say those words. What is the outcome that you are looking for? another super simple way where you actually don't need anything. Two more popular ways that don't actually require too much stuff, uh, or at least no specialty items, is something that people regularly do in the mornings to protect themselves. And the first is to create a sigil. Had a whole episode on sigils, and there are places online to make a sigil if you're interested in that and don't want to make your own. But a lot of people have their own protection sigils and that's just a symbol that you associate with protection and that you charge with the energy of protection. And a lot of people will draw that on themselves when they are going to start their day. So that's often drawn on the skin using skincare or makeup and then you you know blend that in. Some people will trace that onto their cars. Um, some people will you know trace that onto their body using nail polish, using a little pen, something like that, um, or just using water and your finger. So that protection is on you all day in the form of a sigil. Another one is a bath or shower. That is a great method of cleansing and getting rid of anything and getting ready for the day, but it is also a way to protect yourself because water has a lot of protective elements to it. So that is one of the common ways that people will start in the morning is to take a bath or shower to get ready for their day and infuse their energy into making that a protective sort of ritual each day. Kitchen magic is another popular way that witches will protect themselves, and that is through food or drink. A lot of people will stir an intention of protection into their coffee in the morning before they go about their day, or use anything that they are cooking or baking in the kitchen by stirring 
or carving a sigil of protection into what they are cooking. So then when you consume that food, you are further protected. Plants are a popular method of protection, especially, you know, plants within your home. If you have a good relationship with them and are taking care of them, they have very protective energies and herbs themselves are also protective. So I am going to give you a list of some common herbs that are associated with protection, but these are definitely not the only ones and you are going to have your own relationship with every single herb. So just remember that there are others that might not be on this list that work really well for you. So go with your gut. Those are rosemary, rue, nettle, cinnamon, bay leaves, cedar, lemon, juniper, clove, garlic, and of course, salt. Salt is technically a mineral, but gets grouped in here as well. And salt is of course, very protective. You can use these in cooking or you can carry them on your person. Uh, using some sort of charm bag is a very popular way to protect yourself because that is something that you can easily conceal on your person, in your purse or within your car. So it's a great way to include those different herbs in there and also include crystals because there are also a lot of crystals with protective energies. So some of those, again, by no means an exhaustive list. Those are generally the quartz family. So there's clear quartz, smoky quartz, rose quartz, quartz, and amethyst, which is the purple, but also tiger's eye, jasper, black tourmaline, hematite, obsidian, malachite, a lot of different options there as well that you could carry either just that stone or include it in a charm bag. For personal example, I've mentioned before that I always have a tiger's eye in my car because it is specifically a stone for protection in travel. So that just sits in that middle console in my car. But those are also popular options for amulets. So there was an episode on that as well for amulets and talisman and Stones are a popular option for that. Just getting some jewelry, something that you can wear that has those protective stones or otherwise any sort of amulet that you infuse with your intention for protection that can be worn on your person. You can also incorporate colors, of course, in what you wear. Uh, colors, it's a whole different number of associations with every color. So it's really about what you associate particularly with protection because um, it can vary from person to person, but black, white, blue, red, and gold are often very common as protection colors. If you work with deities, there are a lot that you can tap into for help with protection that you can petition in the morning to help with protection throughout the day or wear amulets associated with them. So that is going to depend on your personal practice and religion and what deities that you work with. And you can even tap into animals and working with the spirit of an animal. And the most common ones for protection are eagles, wolves, dragons, and lions. And the other piece I wanted to talk about was warts. So warts are generally considered the version of protection for your home. And but it does not have to be a separate, you know, four wall, single family home. It can be at your dorm, your apartment, just your room in your house, whatever that is. People have, different witches have different definitions. So some people will, you know, cross over the two and say that you can ward yourself personally um, or do protections on your home. The wording really doesn't matter. I'm just trying to give you the most broad definition that most people use. So when you hear the word ward, you kind of know what 
that is talking about and what they mean. And most witches mean protections for personal and wards for home and possessions. So warding is like magically locking up your house. So your house is safe. You have your windows and your doors and they close. But if you leave everything unlocked, how much protection is that really providing you, right? Of course, you lock your windows and your doors, you know, especially at night, especially if you're not home. It is just the most mundane safety part. You don't want anyone breaking into your home. You don't want anything bad happening. So you lock your windows and doors. So warding is the energetic, magical equivalent of that, of locking up your house. So things that you do not want to get in, don't get in. There are a few different ways to create these barriers. You can make one to keep out absolutely everything. So that will be, keep your space clear of absolutely any energy. So no spirits are getting in, no unwanted energies. If somebody comes into your front door with negative energy, that gets left at the door so it does not come into your house. So your space remains completely clear of anything that you didn't bring into it. You can also have wards set up that let only certain energies through the door. So that could be making a ward that does not allow negative spirits, but maybe you have friendly spirits, you have spirits that you work with, you have a familiar that you work with, ancestors, then you are creating that ward so they are able to still freely come and go into your space because they are working with you, you have a relationship, they are helpful for you. So it is completely up to you what you feel comfortable with. A lot of witches in the beginning do not feel comfortable working with spirits and energies and ancestors and will therefore set up a ward that doesn't allow anything in. And then maybe over time when they become more comfortable and established relationships, they sort of bring that down a little bit. It's something that can be changed all the time and should be kept up you know, often, checked in on often, but it is something that's running in the background. And again, the ways that you do this are completely varied and very similar to the protection magic. You can use a lot of the same correspondences and things and do the same visualization techniques and meditations to sort of create that shield around your entire property. However, with warding, since it is ongoing and covers such a broad area, it's important to tie the spell specifically to something, an item, not yourself because you yourself only have a limited amount of energy. That's why grounding is so important because before spell work, you are pulling up energy from the earth because if you use only your own personal energy, that leaves you feeling drained and burnt out, you get headaches, you might get sick. So you don't want to tie your ward to your own personal energy because you will just be left feeling completely drained. So you want to make sure that you tie the ward to something specific. So a lot of people will, for example, tie the ward to a statue of some sort. So their uh, you know, animal figurines are very popular. Door wreaths are very popular. So you can put the ward on that wreath or in that animal statue, whatever it is, and then visualize that coming up and over and covering your entire house like a shield emanating from that. So the energy is emanating from that you ground, you pull up the energy and you push it into that item that you chose that then runs in the background and just keeps on protecting. And a lot of people will then tie that to the moon cycle. So 
that means every time, let's say it's a full moon, every time that a full moon comes around, that will use that energy to recharge the wreath or statue or whatever it is that you have made as a ward over your house. So it's easy to sort of keep those going, running in the background, and generally not have to work on them or check in with them too often, depending, of course, on your situation. If you live in an apartment building, there's lots of people passing your door, maybe you need to check in more often. If you don't have a lot of visitors to your house, maybe you don't need to check in very often. And you will likely know when something is sort of pounding at your ward and trying something negative is trying to get in because you will likely start to feel the effects of that, whether that is in the form of headaches or you're just generally feeling uneasy. That is probably that something is trying to get through your wards and you should probably cleanse and strengthen them. I have many different wards set up to protect my house and I never tell anyone every single in every single way that I do it. Even though I share a lot on Patreon and YouTube, I don't share everything because if somebody knows exactly how you did something, they can do the exact opposite and do it backwards and take it down. So you don't want to share everything. Not that, you know, a lot of people are going to do that, but you never know. People are weird. So there might be somebody out there who will want to undo everything that you have been trying to do. So there are a lot of stuff that I keep private, but I do share some things. So for example, one of the warding things that I do for my home is the salt bowl. I have shared that on YouTube before. It's very simple. You tie the ward to a bowl of salt in someplace that gets the most foot traffic. So usually by the front door or in your living room and the ward is then attached to that salt bowl. So it's the basic is salt, but I also include crystals in there, various herbs. I change them throughout the year, depending on what I need. Um, I use oils in there. So it just smells good and smells good in the room using the different herbs and oils. And then the ward comes out from there and shields the entire home. I also will place wards on the windows and doors, and I just do that by drawing a protection sigil, um, using a little bit of oil on my finger and draw that on each window and door after I fully cleanse the house. And how often I do that depends on what's going on in my life, but generally only twice a year do I feel that level of cleaning and protection to be necessary. And the last interesting thing I wanted to touch on that is kind of personal protection, kind of wards, can be used a lot of different ways, is the idea of a witch's bottle. That is something that it comes up a lot when it comes to protection. It's very popular these days. And originally, witch's bottles were created to protect against witches, to protect against witchcraft and protect your property. Um, but they have you know, since become something that witches use to protect themselves and their property. And it is definitely changed over the years because it used to, and still could, depending on your traditions, include a lot more what people consider unsavory <laughs> um, items, but personal items to the witch. So that is usually urine or blood, or hair, nails, um, your personal things that come off of your body that you put into a spell jar. A lot of people do not like working with bodily items like that. And it is perfectly fine to be queasy about that and not want to do it. It's not necessary, but that is historically how witches bottles were made. And there are other items that would go in there like rusty nails and hot peppers and, and things that would keep people away. And that bottle would be made, sealed, made into a ward to protect the house and buried someplace on your property that nobody is going to be able to disturb it. 
So this is something that is still popular and a lot of witches still do. However, they will use more of the correspondences that I mentioned as being, you know, protective, the herbs and crystals and such, and then just maybe use a little bit of hair or nails and put that in and bury that someplace on their property, bury it in a potted plant, or even just leave it sitting out on a shelf as something that protects them personally, since it is completely tied to you, your tag lock is in there and also protects the entire space that you are living in. So if you want an example of this, there is a witch on YouTube and she just came out with a really great book for beginners, a book of spells for beginners. Um, and that is Ella Harrison. So I will have her linked, but I know that she went over this on her YouTube channel and she has how to do a witch's bottle in her book. So if you are interested in that, I will have her linked as well. But again, that is just one of the many options for warding your home. Warding, since it covers a bigger space, generally takes time to find what works for you, what you can keep up with energetically, how often you need to keep up with it, because these things do you know, take time. They may run in the background, but they take time to set up. They take time to check in on. So it's all about finding the right balance for you, and that changes for everyone. How much they want how much effort they want to put into something like that um how important you consider that to be for you but it is something i think a lot of witches like to do this time of year when they are having guests over especially extended family that tend to bring with them a lot of negativity not necessarily witches trying to direct something bad at you but they just have their own negative clouds hanging over them and that can infiltrate into your space so a lot of witches do like to set up wards this time of year and i hear you i definitely don't blame you for that and that is everything that I have this week to share on protection magic. Again, lots more of my own personal practice over on Patreon. So if you need any more ideas or guided help, that's the best place for that. If you have any questions, head over to the Discord server. There are over, I think, 800 witches in there from all over the world chatting about what they do for protections. And like I said, it varies by practice. Uh, there are a lot of different folk practices. There are a lot of different religion-based practices when it comes to protections. So there are so many witches in that community to check in with if you are looking for more ideas or have any questions or just want to chat about what you do. I know everybody is always looking for more information. So don't forget to head over there. That is always linked on my Instagram, Witch Wednesdays Podcast, all one word. And hopefully I will see you over there this week. And otherwise, I will see you next week. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.